From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this special two-part episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Burglis talks to us about how he's innovating and implementing a six to seven year development program starting at the middle school level, how he manages and motivates 300 athletes a day with life skills in the weight room, and how he focuses on long-term healthy movement and consistency for increases in KPIs. All this in a special two-part episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Joey Burgless. He is currently the head strength and conditioning coach at J.J. Pierce High School. Prior to this, he was an associate football strength and conditioning coach at Texas Tech University, and he's also had stops at Utah State, Lindenwood University, Weber International University, and Viterbo University. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, what's up? Appreciate appreciate the opportunity to be on and uh, speak to you all today. Absolutely. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit more about your role at JJ Pierce High School? Yeah, so I'm currently I'm the head strength and conditioning coach. So I work with all the teams that we have here uh, at our high school. First of all, JJ Pierce kind of in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, So we have we have I can't I'll be honest, I I can't remember off the top of head the actual number of the teams that we have. But um, most, of, I mean, pretty much all your traditional sports, if you will. We also have, uh, I'm trying to think, swimming, swimming and diving, um, uh, as well. So I work with the gauntlet, uh, you know, from football to, to cross country, track and field, baseball, softball, men's and women's soccer, men's and women's basketball, um, you know, and so forth. So that's kind of my my role. I oversee all the strength and conditioning done, um, you know, at our high school. Uh, and within the strength and conditioning program, working at the high school level, which we, if you, uh, we get into here is there's a lot of differences, similarities and differences at the college level. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot more, I'll be honest, at the high school level of a lot more variables, if you will, to take into account, um, in terms of, 
I might have a team that trains two or three times a week, but I'm only there for one of those training sessions because I might have baseball. I might have baseball and women's soccer during our athletic period, but then softball is lifting or training as well. And the coach has to take softball through their training session on that day. Um, so there's a lot of variables in terms of, you know, trying to program and kind of look at things from a, a long-term vantage point of knowing that, uh, you know, it's not for better or worse, it's reality of, you know, I'm a training conditioning coach. I do what I do. If someone else is going to, I can write the perfect program, but it's kind of, I guess my overall general philosophy on things. I think execution is extremely, extremely important, not just strength and conditioning, but business sports, whatever it is, like how the execution is one of, if not the most important things. And I think it's almost overlooked a little bit now in today's day and age of everyone thinks they need this, the perfect program or the perfect exercise or things like that. In reality, the execution of the movements, the extra, whatever you're doing, the business plan is what's going to generate the results, the adaptations that you're looking for. So that's kind of what, uh, you know, I have to take into account a lot of times of, you know, what, what I might think is best isn't necessarily applicable. Cause I might, you know, if I want to do, you know, it's not, not to say that it's the best exercise, worst exercise, we'll just take like an exercise, exercise, like a snatch might be a great exercise, but if I'm never there to coach us doing a power snatch or whatever, like, do I really think it's going to get executed very well or, you know, different factors like that. So that's a very unique aspect of what I and many other, you know, high school strength and conditioning coaches have to have to deal with and all the variables that kind of go into that. No, definitely. And, and let's go into that. Cause that was a question I had and just looking at your social media, I was wondering, I was like, are you the only strength coach there? And I'd imagine at a Texas high school, it's huge, man. Those, those schools are, are, are massive. So is, are you the only strength coach? And then, I guess, how would you go about, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about like your, your foundational movements and all, and all that, but how do you go about managing? I'd imagine you have more than a couple hundred athletes there uh, getting things done. So that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So I, I'm really, really lucky. Um, first of all, that the situation that I'm in of our, our head football coach and our athletic uh, coordinator at our, our school uh, recognizes the importance of strength and conditioning um, in terms of from a developmental standpoint, from all the different you know factors that we all know the benefits that it brings. Um, so from making it a priority from the top down has been really, really important because all the coaches, um, you know, understand the importance of it, the, that we're going to dedicate time to it uh, and such. So it's a really good situation. So with that, from, from a personnel standpoint, um, I have an assistant that uh, he does an absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, he teaches, he teaches class classes as well, but he, he, uh, he acts as an assistant. He does, I mean, he does an absolutely phenomenal job. He has a strength and conditioning background as well. Um, you know, so he's very, very well versed. He actually played at he played LSU for a bit. So he, he's been trained under top Coach Moffitt and uh, you know some of the legends, legends of the field uh, that they produced. Uh, so he has a, a very, very, very good knowledge background and a, a, is a great coach. That helps out a ton in terms of uh, being able to execute things, being able to you know run different teams and things like that. When we also had um, kind of going again to, to the great work that my our head football coach and our athletic coordinator, he created another position that basically is um, it was a, a, a teacher, uh, kind of like typical, but like the co- it was a coaching position where he all he assisted with me. But his main priority was our middle school. So we have two middle schools that feed into our high school. So basically his his role was 
was, uh, you know, one day he would be at one middle school, the next day he'd be at the other middle school. And I had the program that I wanted that we were running at the middle school that I wanted. This is what I want done. This is what kind of my kind of holistic, I guess, if you will, development model, um, which we can go into. But when you're able to look at things through a six, seven year window, you're able to you're able to do a lot more things. And if you're just looking like from a month to month perspective, um, so that's huge, huge, huge in terms of he's at our middle school, um, you know, a couple times a week, each one, but he's also, if, cause the, the schedules are different in terms of start time end time and things like that. So he's, there's times where he's also up here assisting or, and been able to help. So generally kind of like three assistants, they all kind of works in a different, uh, kind of manner at the high school level with things, but that's kind of how, how the setup, uh, works and how, what I've got to, to work with. That, that, that's impressive. Uh, I, I knew those Texas, uh, you know, schools do things a little differently basically than the rest of the country, but to have, you know, you, and then to have somebody help you out and then to have somebody in the middle school help do that. That's really well-planned long-term athletic development for these kids. Yeah. And I'll be honest before to, um, to be honest, that's not the standard though. Um, like even at, in, in the, at the Texas level. So like that kind of goes back into, if you will, I think the, the innovation and the, how my, our head football coach and our athletic coordinator thinks and, and, and things like that of, um, understanding, like I said, it's one thing to say something's important. It's another thing to actually take like, Hey, you know what? I might give up an extra football coach to make this position because we recognize how important strength and conditioning is. If you, if you will, you know, where's a lot of, to be honest, a lot of coaches would rather have another, I'd rather have another sport coach. Right? I'd rather have this, uh, things like that. So I think kind of like, you know, just kind of strength and conditioning in general, I think you're, you're seeing a lot of things change or whatever, but to say, um, you know, kind of like standard of practice and other things like that. It's kind of, that's one of the challenges I get into sometimes, I guess, you know, uh, maybe some of my agree, disagree, whatever my kind of philosophy when it comes to strength conditioning training in general, I try and tell our coaches like, yeah, this is, this is what I believe, whatever, but this isn't necessarily, I guess, like an overall uh, overarching theme, if you will, of like, Hey, you know, we should train through a full range of motion. Like that's not an overriding, you know, just an all honesty, like theme within strength conditioning. So, you know, just trying to, you know, kind of to highlight that fact that I, I wish, and I hope that more coaches and more athletic programs will kind of go that route. Cause obviously it gets more jobs. It gets more opportunities for people. And I think it, it benefits the kids. Most people don't realize, and this was, I didn't really realize this either. Um, you know, there's days where I might work with like 300 different athletes, you know, three, 300 plus different athletes. Um, you're really never going to get that at the college level between like when I do, I sometimes go over to the middle school as well, but I don't think a lot of even like administrators at the, the high school level understand that. You know what I mean? Like show me another, show me a teacher that works with, has interactions with 300 kids a day or a principal that has interactions with 300 kids a day. And that's kind of not to go on a, on a side note, but like, I know a lot of people just think like, okay, all you do is go to strength and conditioning, just lift weights and whatever. Like there's, there's components that go into getting, making progress that have a positive effect on everything you do from an academic standpoint, from, from a behavioral skill development standpoint to making, giving yourself better opportunities for the rest of your life. So, um, I keep going down these little side roads, but like there's three things that I tell our kids they need every day and it doesn't matter. And I think this is kind of a really big really super important because people, people assume, well, I can just kind of like we were talking about the opening, like I can just do this exercise and it's going to get me better. Or I can do this program. And it's going to get me better. And 
when you're untrained, yeah, you can just not, you can just be all over the place in terms of work ethic, focus, all this other stuff. And you're going to get results because you're untrained. We've all been there. We didn't know what we were doing when we were 14 or 15, whenever we started lifting, you just did stuff and you got better, but you get to a certain point where that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. So there's three things I tell our kids every time when they come in the weight room that they need. And that doesn't matter just if it's the weight room it matters to life. It's your attitude, your focus, and your work ethic, all the three of those things you control. So as I tell my kids or any athletes or anyone I work with, I could be the best I can be the best in the world, Michael Jordan's transition, whatever it is. But if you come in with a bad attitude, you're unfocused, you don't want to work hard. There's nothing I can do to get you better. There's nothing anyone can do to get you better. You know, if that makes sense. We've all been in those sessions where someone comes in, like how many times have you gone out to practice? You've got a bad attitude. You got better at your sport. Or you know what I mean? Like how many of us have ever, I didn't want to be in the weight room for my own training session. How did I get better from that training session? You know what I mean? So like not to go too much into that. Um, but like, those are three things that, and We've all been in college probably, or we've, we've been in situations where it's like, you know what? There's was, there was classes I did not want to take in college. Like I did not like them. All right. And you know what? How many times though did I, I, did I show up with a bad attitude? Or I didn't want to be there. That was my attitude before I went into the class. There's a reason I didn't get a good grade and I probably wasn't very engaged and whatever, but that was looking back. That's something that I controlled. You know what I mean? Like if I can, if you can just control, you walk in, say there's a class, say you walk into an organic chemistry class and you're not good at chemistry, but you show up with a good attitude, you're focused and you want to work hard. We've all been in those situations. The teacher's probably going to give you the benefit of the doubt if you do all three of those things. The teacher or anyone's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. If you just show up with a bad, why would I help you out if you're not even going to help yourself out? You know what I mean? So like those are life skills when I talk about working with like 300 plus kids a day that it's not just, we're not, if you can get better at components like that, that's going to help you academically, stressing the importance of how that relates academically, how that's going to help you for the next 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, years of your life. So I think that's one of the really important things that a lot of teachers, administrators, you know, just kind of general public doesn't really understand that all those different things go into helping the individual athlete, whoever you're working with, be better for their life. But then also, like, it's going to help with the improvements and from a strength and conditioning standpoint from, from all those different factors as well. We'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slap belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shock to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams, and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's curved treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. No, that's, that's, that's clutch. That's some really good advice there. Cause I mean, I mean, you nailed it on the head. You interact with 300 kids a day. That's a, I mean, that, that's a lot. And you, you know, be able to help these kids out every time. And so control your attitude, focus and work ethic. 
And that's, that's, that's good. That's really good. Now, can we go a little bit into your, your movement? So I, I, I noticed even when you're at Utah state, you know, you focus on that full range. You definitely have, you know, the, the, you know, the heels elevated front squats of the barbell across. And I think that's great. And I think it's good to have, you know, coaches focusing on doing things right from the get go before you start loading them. How was it building that up? Not only at, at, at JJ Pierce, but also at, you know, you know, either Texas tech, but Utah, Utah state, when you're talking to, you know, like head coaches or talking to another strength coach, we're like, look, it's not sexy up front. We're not getting, we're not going to chase the numbers. We're going to focus on doing it right. And then building it on there. Um, you know, how was it building it up there? And then what does it look like now? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. I think one of the the important aspects is to understand like why you're doing something or where the benefit's going to come from. So uh, we're not just trying to like, in my mind, we're not just trying to train for a full range of motion just to just to just to do it because you know there's reason and rationale behind it. Um, a lot of the training, at least in, in my opinion, of there's a difference between there's a difference between full be having the ability to full squat and then say I want to train to a partial range of motion at different phases or whatever there's a difference between that and I can only train through a partial range of motion because that's the only way I can train you know what I mean like being able to take train through a full range of motion having joints that work having joints that are able to send afferent information back to the through the the central nervous system and be able to go into skill acquisition all the different things like that like having good joint health is extremely important like from a from a, a physical development standpoint but also from a skill from being able to stay healthy because if you're not healthy all right it doesn't matter if you squat 500 pounds if you're hurt that doesn't it doesn't matter you know what i mean like you can run 23 miles an hour but if you're always hurt you're not available and then you really can't run 23 miles an hour if that makes sense and that's kind of what one of the, the big aspects, because I think when you talk to a lot of sport coaches, like if you have your best, like I say, if you have your best players and you can play, whether it's baseball, if you're playing, I don't know, like say a 60 game season and you have your best players for 59 or 60 of those games, are you a better team? Or are you a better team if they are only able to play like 35 or 40? You know what I mean? Because realistically, like your best players, are your best players for a reason. And we, we don't have a lot of times nine or 10 of those. You only have like a couple. So I think go uh, understanding and explaining like training to the full range of motion, all that stuff, how it relates to, to overall joint health, how it relates to being able to stay healthy, how it relates to in terms of being building a foundation in terms of, uh, you know, if I'm working with like, say a freshman in college and I've got four or five years, all right, like let's, it's so much easier. And I'm seeing this at the high school level and especially at the middle school level, it's so much easier to fix a problem the earlier you can address it. So once you get to a certain point, cause that's, like, I'll be honest, I've been in enough situations in college where it's like, man, like this is, I know I, I do. I know FRC stuff. Like I, <laughs> and I still look at certain situations. I'm like, man, like this is, this isn't good. Like, you know what I mean? Like your hip, you have a hip, like your hip, moves like an 80 year old and you're 21 years old. Like this isn't something that we can just fix in like a couple of weeks. Like there's been a lot of issues. This is something that probably should have been addressed four years ago, like realistically. And it just, over time, it's just kept not getting addressed and it's gotten worse. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of one of the things that has helped me of being able to see a lot of problems down the line. And then, okay, now I have the option. I have the ability to go back and try and fix stuff, prevent that stuff from happening. And that goes not just into like training to a full range of motion. It goes into, how do I educate? How do I, what am I emphasizing? Like, cause if I, if you start, 
my opinion, if you start emphasizing, I think the idea of having like weight room records and benchmarks is really, really good. I don't think it's a good idea though, to put that into the mind of a 14, 15, 16 year old kid that doesn't have the maturity and the able to conceptualize the, the, the process that goes into what you're trying to get. So if I tell a kid, I want this number of kids, let's just say squatting 300 pounds, right? <laughs> I can tell you how all my squats are going to start looking. You know what I mean? Cause it's going to be what they're intrinsically. They already think that they need to squat 400 or 500 pounds. That's in their mind based on what they think is valuable or what's going to get them better. All right. So I'm, in my mind, I'm already working against that, that, that concept. All right. So now everything that I do, if I, I really don't, and especially for the first, you know, until I feel comfortable, like I'm not really rewarding, you know what I mean? Like in terms of weights or things like that, or like, Oh man, like, you know what I mean? Like if we're going to be process oriented, Hey, great technique, great squat, great coaching, whatever it is, because that's, I'm, yes, I want people to squat for 500 pounds or whatever, but I don't want to sacrifice the positions and how we're going to go about that or getting to that point, if that makes sense. So that's one of the things in terms of like what you're saying, you might not even think it's important. Like, Oh, you tell some kid that, Hey, great job on the weights. And now that kid, the five other kids that heard that they want to hear that, that validation of what they do. And now they think the validation comes from the weight that was on the bar and not like, no, dude, that was a great squat, perfect position, like blah, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of, um, you know, one of the things that I think is important and kind of you have to recognize. So explaining to the coaches, educating, educating the athletes. And I think going back to like what, uh, you know, what's important, to, to the individuals and driving performance. I think the nice thing, and I'll be honest, and I'm in a situation now where I have access to more technology, like with, with some stuff than I've ever had. So I can actually, you know, okay, we're running sprints, we're running, you know, flying tens, we're running, you know, whatever it is. And okay, like, I want to see these numbers. If these numbers are decreasing all the time, we're getting faster. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things where you can show if we're doing vertical jumps or whatever, it's like, okay we're squatting this way because now after six months and your squat, you're in the right positions and your squat's gone up 40 pounds that your vertical has gone up three and a half inches or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So being able to actually show that, uh, show that information and how, how it relates. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I think is super, super important is, um, you know, explaining that showing like, yeah, definitely. We need to run faster. We need to jump higher. Being able to produce high levels of power is extremely important for athletes. So the, the way we train and the way we go about that stuff, goes into that but it also kind of piggybacking or coming back to what i was talking about originally like if you're not healthy then you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to display high levels of power and i think you know people can agree or disagree with this but i think if you just took if you gave me a hundred athletes and you gave me a hundred that can move well and a hundred that don't move well i'm gonna probably guess over let's just say a year the ones that can move well yeah there's gonna be ones that move well it definitely still get hurt 100 percent. there's gonna be ones that don't move well that stay healthy or whatever but if you take like a large large sample size, if you have a bunch of individuals that don't move well, I'm going to guess that those are the ones that are going to spend more time. I'm out for two weeks because of this or this or whatever. And if you're out for two weeks and you can't train, if you can't train and you can't train, we can't make much progress. If I can't sprint or really do much, a whole lot of running for say a month, can I really get, I, I'm sure people, yeah, I know you can probably make an argument yeah, that you can or whatever, but that's not really the, the premise of, of, of what I'm talking about. If you can't run or sprint, you know, maximally for a month that really limits us from a training standpoint of what, what we want to do. And again, so it doesn't, it's kind of like health is something, health is something that gets overlooked. Like it's just assumed like, Oh, I'm gonna have two years to train. Like, no, well, first of all, you need to be healthy and I want you to be able to train at basically a hundred percent for those two years. And that's not a guarantee. You know what I mean? Like there's, 
there's no guarantee that you're not going to, you know, we've all seen this like, Oh, something happened to my back. And now I can't really do anything for a couple of weeks. I'm not really, I might not be hurt, but I'm not able to train how I want to train or how I want to be able to train you. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like, I don't want to call it like, so I know prehab and other stuff has like, you know, negative connotations about stuff that, you know, we might think or whatever, but that's kind of in a sense, like that's allowing us to do all the other, the, the, pow, the high level power development or the other stuff that we want to work on, because if you're not healthy, we can't really do that stuff. I, I think that's, it's, it, you nailed it on the head. I mean, if, if you're not healthy, like how can we, you know, go about training and building it or, you know, the long-term athletic development and, and success. I mean, if you're not moving well, and I think the good thing, what you said is when, you know, when you talk with coaches, would you rather have 90% of your season, most of your team ready to go, or would you rather be really good for about 30% of your season? And then everybody starts getting hurt and then how, how things look. And I think that exactly. that's when you, what, like when, <laughs> when are individuals going to start getting hurt probably towards the end of the season, you know, beginning of the season. Yeah, definitely. But like, okay, so do you, you, you do conference championships do, do, do you win championships at the first third of the season or the middle part of the season? No. So like you want to be healthy at the end of the season because that's when you're going to, if you're trying to win championships and you're trying to compete at a high level, that's when you need your best players like available. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's another aspect of like kind of going into what we were just talking about. Absolutely. Now with, with these foundational movements and, and I've seen both at, at your most recent place, either Utah state, you know, Texas tech or, or JJ Pierce, you have a you know, good weight room where you can see all your athletes development. And I, I, I know at Utah state, I remember you working with teams and that, that weight room is just massive and you can see, all their movements. How do you go about progressing them? Is it kind of like the whole team as an average tend to progress together? Or is it kind of one of those things where I was, you know, you're like, all right, Joey blew it out of the water. He's going to go up to that next level. Isaiah is going to have to sit back and wait another week or two until they showed some things. Or is it, is it kind of, how do you go about like progressing them through your, 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 your program? Yeah. So, um, so I, it kind of depends uh, on, the situation and what I have available. So um, if I take out like 30, 30 athletes and I've got like myself and another coach or a couple coaches or a couple interns, then that's going to be different than if I've got, you know, 50 or 60 kids and it's just me for the most part. Um, so those are two different situations in terms of how I, de- how I develop them um, or kind of progress them. What, so like how I do it now and kind of how I would just do it in general, or I guess for most of my stuff, for the most part, it's like, everyone's going to do the same thing. And then, I kind of, I guess in my mind, um, with some of the stuff, cause like I said, I've, you know, I've been doing it for a while, so I can kind of pick up when someone doesn't need to have their heels elevated when they're squatting. Cause I see certain things or like on a split squat, like they don't need to have their foot elevated to do the split squat because they're not at that level. Um, where if I would have done, you know, say three, four or five years ago, I probably wouldn't necessarily been able to see that stuff. You know what I mean? Just the more you do stuff, the more, the better your eye becomes trained for some of that stuff. Um, so now I pretty much just have everybody, go about doing the same thing. And then I'll just individually, and it's not going to be like, I'm not going to be able to perfectly do everyone. Cause I mean, if you've got a lot of people, it's whatever, but at the same point, like <laughs> the nice thing about like when you're working with like younger untrained athletes is like, <laughs> even though the progression might, even though they might be more ready than what they're doing, they're still getting a good training effect out of that. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that kind of applies to a lot of stuff. It doesn't, 
unless you're working with someone that's been training for, you know, a long time and is a high level, okay, you got a 41 inch vertical and you got this and that. And okay, well, we definitely, there's a lot more specificity that goes involved in that training process. When you have a lot, most individuals, even at the college level that like just really haven't been training very long, like even though the progression might not be up to what they exactly need, they're still going to get a good, really good training effect out of that. Does that make sense? So I don't think, I don't, I don't see the need to try and rush everything to have everything absolutely perfect every time. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what, I mean, it, that kind of component, I guess, goes into my kind of overall philosophy of like, I would rather spend extra time, you know, an extra two, three weeks doing something to solidify something before we move on. You know what I mean? Which means we might not progress as fast, but we're going to be good at what we do. If that makes sense. Like, I don't want to, I, one of my pet peeves, I don't know if you want to call it pet peeve or whatever. I don't, I don't like doing something and then having to, keep a, keep doing fixing or trying to address the same issue six months later. You know what I mean? Like I just, that's not efficient. It's not like whatever. I would rather take more time. I would rather take an extra two or three weeks at the front end so that for the next six months or a year, we understand that concept. So we're not having to deal with that issue anymore. You know what I mean? Compared to like, well, I want to move on to this stuff. And now you still, you're still dealing with the same, the same issue. Like, cause you're never going to be able to progress. If we're still, we still don't know how to add do basic arithmetic, like algebra, you're never going to be good at algebra. If you can't add or do basic multiplication or you don't understand, uh, what is it? I should know this. Hopefully I should know this. Uh, what is it? Order of operations. If I don't know order of operations, how well am I going to be able to do any level of algebra? You know what I mean? Or if I can't consistently know that, or if I have to look it up, Oh, what is, what order, you know what I mean? Like whatever. So that's kind of my, how I kind of look at it. Like I, I think with a football team here, I think we did split squats, I can't remember what it was like 26, it was 25 or 27 straight sessions. You know, so every, I worked, when I worked with you, we did split squats for like, we'll say, I think it was like 27. We did 27 straight times. There was a split squat in the warm up or workout, warm up, workout, whatever it was. All right. I want, so now when we do split squats, I don't have to spend three minutes talking about what the split squat should look like. We've done it so much. We're at the level where it's like, I, there's still going to be coaching cues that I'm going to, okay, this or that or whatever, while they're doing it. But boom, now I just saved three minutes from not having to go over that every time because we understand that concept. So now for the next year, year and a half, two years, whenever I put that in, there might be different fluctuations in terms of more advancements or whatever, but we understand the concept. So that's, that's one of the most important things for me is to understand concepts, spend more time in the front end doing stuff to make sure it's correct. And then going on like Dan Path, I can't remember. This was a while ago. This is probably... When did I listen to this or hear this? Maybe seven, eight years ago, something like that. It was an interesting thing. It's kind of weird how you just remember stuff, you know, in an interview and it kind of sticks with you. But he talked about like solidifying, how it takes time to solidify like a new, like I can't remember if it was a skill or attribute or whatever. You know what I mean? So like kind of that process of like, okay, you learned something new, but just because or you learned or whatever it was, I can't remember the context of what he was talking about, that it's not just going to be there. You know what I mean? You need, you need to take time to hold, like to stay, was, I think it was like stabilize was the, the phrase that he used, like stabilize that new adaptation, whatever it was before going on. You know what I mean? Where most people are like, okay, now we, I just saw, I just saw you do a good split squat. Now it's advanced. No, no, no. I need to see consistency. You know what I mean? For like, not just one rep. Okay. Like kind of like the long-term or not the, the rolling average approach um, that I've heard like Carl Valley um, talk to him about. And it's kind of been interesting, but like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you see, you see someone hit 22 miles an hour, but the rest of their sprints are at 19. Like, okay, well how, how you know what I mean? Like, it might be better to see 21.8, but I'm seeing that on every sprint, you know, or whatever, whatever it might be kind of like, you know what I mean? Like stabilizing and being able to see that, you know, 
see that, see what you want to see more frequently. You know what I mean? From a baseball example, like, okay, you threw 97 on this pitch, but now I'm seeing 91, 91, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we can get more stabilizing. So that's kind of my thought process with a lot of stuff of like not trying to rush, stabilize, we're good at it. Okay. Now let's take the next half step forward. Cause like I said, if you're dealing with someone for four five, six years, we have time. And you know what I mean? Like there's not, in my mind, there's not some magic, holy grail, at the end that everyone's got to get to that once you, once you advance to this level, now you're instantly going to get a four inch increase on your vertical and everything. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a process, you're creating adaptations and things like that and not trying to rush through things too quick before you kind of stabilize the, the, the changes that you've already made. This episode is brought to you by play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at play works to help strength coaches, innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.